Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It's being brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff as we broadcast from Lincoln today. Lots of things we're going to look at on the market today and some extended thoughts as well, especially as these rains are moving, not moving through the area. What is that going to mean for this crop as we see the continued uh, second half of the month of June? Uh, did we get a normal spring bounce in the markets? And really, how is the soybean and the corn market looking right now? Jeff Peterson is joining us with Heartland Farm Partners and, and lots of things to check out. So how would you describe, I love this, the current state of the corn market? It sounds like we're giving a political address, but how, what do you see in it? Well, what's interesting about it right now is if you think about it, we've just been bouncing along kind of sideways with a slight upward bias on the corn market. Soybean market's been actually doing a little better. It's been going up you know, quicker than what we've seen on the, on the corn side. But if we sit back and think about the, the state, really, and I, that's what I like to call it, kind of the current state. It's our situation in the corn market. We've got the fund short, and that's creating an overall environment. We've got enough old crop stocks that, that ultimately nobody's too concerned, and we've got the prospect of plenty of stocks going forward, depending on what the planning acreage report tells us at the end of the month. And when we bring that all together, we really come down to Susan. It's really going to take some weather to go ahead and bounce this market higher. And then we've got some rains coming in. We've got probably, I've never seen bigger differences between the GFS model and the European model (laughs) in regard to what the forecast is like, not only for the storm we have right now that's coming through, but also what it's going to be like down the road in seven days. So, So that's just creating a lot of apprehension. If you notice in the market, we'll trade a little higher, we bounce back a little lower, and we just can't get a definitive action either higher or lower at this time. You know, when Monday's report came out, I think it was maybe caught a few by surprise because it was a big drop in in some states when it came to the corn condition, and they weren't maybe expecting that. Oh, I I would agree completely. Going into Monday, what everybody was really kind of thinking is that you would be steady, maybe even one higher, and then all of a sudden you come in, you see the national numbers, and you see it down 4% on the good to excellent side. And then you see Nebraska's number down 12, and everybody kind of steps back and goes, oh, wow, what's going on? And in a normal situation, we would have probably ended up seeing that market gain a little bit more strength. But what did we have right on the heels of that report? This uncertainty about the weather forecast and, mm-hmm. and these rains. And it reminds me a lot of 2016 and actually June 17th. I remember going home on that Friday and it looked like that market was going to take a bounce higher. And then all of a sudden the rain started. Now, I, I don't think we're quite in that same place but it does bring back some memories of that. Is it true that Minnesota and Wisconsin are really kind of the the breadbasket growth good spots right now? Well, what's really interesting about that is there's parts of Minnesota that are that way. And as a matter of fact, we've got an office west of Minneapolis and um, actually out there, they're extremely dry. And we were just talking in our meeting this morning that that actually some of the corn uh, yesterday was rolling and actually kind of getting that silvery tint to it. So there's parts of Minnesota that aren't doing okay. great. The southeast corner, though, that spills over into Wisconsin, yeah, they, they are doing pretty well. Which is kind of, I, I hate to say, but it's nice to see them getting some benefits because they've struggled in the last couple of years with the crops. They really have. They definitely have. So what about soybeans? What's the market look like for you for there? You know, soybeans actually have done a little better. They've been bouncing up. Uh, they've had a nice run higher here. They're, they're actually a little more competitive on the export side. We're seeing uh, some cheaper numbers here in the U.S. than what we're seeing offered out of South America. And on top of that, everybody's looking and saying, well, uh, Lighthizer comes out yesterday and talks about the fact that, well, we're, we're on pace, or everybody, both parties, the U.S. and China, are committed to meeting the phase one trade deal. 
And so as a result of that, there's some hope down the road that we could see some stronger export demand. And, and really what's interesting is we dig into those numbers deeper on the export side, Susan, it's, it's uh, the new crop purchases are kind of reminiscent of what we've seen in the past before we ended up seeing some of our, our trade dispute with China going on. We're actually seeing some higher numbers coming for that 20 crop than what we're seeing on the 19. So they're starting to buy, they being China, are buying some more bushels, and, and that's good to see out there in the deferreds. Obviously, kind of hope on a, on a wing and a prayer at this point. Yeah, exactly. The big question out there, they don't necessarily have the demand coming necessarily from the pork side because of the problems they've had with African swine fever. Even though their numbers are improving, they the question really comes in is that are they wanting to go ahead and build those stocks? Do they see these prices cheap enough that they could step in and, and build their inventory for the reserve? So why don't we get that normal spring bounce we usually have? You know, that's a question that we have a lot of people asking us. And if you think back normally, everybody, especially if you're a seasonal seller, you know, you may not even got a chance to sell anything this year because you were waiting. This year reminds me a lot of 2010 on the price action-wise where we actually had some of our higher prices in December into January. And then for the most part, trended lower all the way down until we got into the summer months. And when we sit back and think about this, uh, starting first on corn, I think the reason we didn't get a bounce is we had plentiful stocks. And we also knew that the situation, we, we had plentiful stocks, even though we had all these prevent plant acres that could get pulled in. So it was a situation that could be kind of corrected. And the funds latched onto that early. And they sold that market. And they kept pressure on that market all the way through. And they didn't really ever let off much. And I think that pressured the market down. We knew we had plenty of acres. We got into really the planning intentions report in March, and everybody says, oh, there's enough acres. And then we started hearing talk of the 3 billion plus ending stock numbers for the 20 crop, and it just never gave us a chance. There was never a reason to bounce that market. And here we are right now. Real quick before we have to head to break, um, looking at the export demands, I know you kind of alluded to a little bit on the, on the soybean side, but for corn, how are things looking? Well, corn, I think we're on pace good enough to hit the export numbers. Um, we're going to start losing because of the competition from Brazil and Argentina. So our numbers aren't going to look real good going forward. But I think, think we're still on pace to hit our numbers that USDA has laid out for us. All right. Well, we'll expand on that more when we come back. Stick around. We do have a lot more coming back here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll talk about more demand and what we're going to see, especially for this ethanol industry, as folks are wanting to get back in the vehicles Cabin fever is affecting all of us. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Center. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Jeff Peterson of Heartland Farm Partners. So before we left, we were talking a little bit about Brazil and what we were seeing and the pressure that's still going to be coming from them as they continue to uh, get this crop out of the ground. And uh, how is that Safrina cop? Well, so far, I think uh, everything looks okay um, going on down the road down there. Um, I think we're seeing a little bit of problem coming out of Argentina, and that's impacting more of what we're seeing over on the wheat side. But right. so far, I think everything's on course to end up seeing a decent crop on the Safrina side. And unfortunately, what we're going to go ahead and start seeing is um, on the corn side, their numbers from Argentina and Brazil, much like what we knew was going to happen on corn, they're actually starting to offer up stuff cheaper than us. Now, it's just the opposite on the bean side. You know, we're 40, 50 cents a bushel cheaper on the offers. And you think about that starting here now 
and and as we move forward on into July and August, and then we have kind of an open window all the way until we get over, I'd say, until January, February. So I think we could see some really good soybean export numbers. We're actually seeing that actually spill back into the interior, back in the elevators. We're seeing some decent basis levels being offered. And what's really kind of crazy is that some of the the bushels that are going to be needed to go ahead and fill some of that demand really need to come out of North Dakota and South Dakota to go ahead and hit the PNW because that's some of the cheapest bushels that we can offer because of freight, ocean freight going on over to China. And we'll have to see what the prevent plant situation is up there in North Dakota. South Dakota is probably fair and fine. They're kind of an island all of themselves at this point. They really, they really are. So speaking of demand and makes me think of the of the ethanol we've got that cabin fever that's been going on folks are wanting to get back out on the road that means more ethanol being coming out of the pumps are we going to see that continue to ramp up as these plants come back online or is it going to be a slow trickle i think the whole key is going to be there and what's going to happen on the ethanol export susan because i think what we're going to find and and i think this is like a lot of things we're finding as we're coming out of these you know stay at home or orders or whatever you want to call them I think we're going to find is we're going to have to decide what's the new normal. What's the amount of people that that we see people driving? And and we're kind of seeing that a little bit. I mean, actually, I think the implied gasoline demand week over week from this week to last week um, was down just slightly. And the ethanol demand, ultimately, we still ended up seeing that going up. We've seen more production, but it's not going up at a great rate really quick, as fast as we'd like to see. So I think what we have to think overall is that we're just not going to have as big a demand blending into the gasoline side. But what our numbers would suggest, though, is that when we look at what's being produced, we look at how the stock drawdown's going, uh, we're, we're getting some exports, and I think we're going to see some more exports. As a matter of fact, yesterday, uh, China was rumored to be in looking for some ethanol, and, and that would be great if they, they would do that. Whatever happened to that shipment, you know, it made a big splash, no pun intended, into the news of ethanol going to China, and then it just kind of evaporated. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I, I don't have a good answer for you, Susan. All right. So what's it going to take to get these markets to move higher from here? Well, I think the biggest thing is, as much as I'd like to think that it's some factor other than weather, honestly, Susan, it's all down to weather. And in particular, it's down to heat and dryness. And, you know, we kind of had the start of that happening from what we've had in the southern plains up through up through the northern plains. As a matter of fact, for Lincoln, we've really got off to probably one of our warmest starts that we've had. If we just look at what the average temperature is and also look at the number of days over 90 for the first part of June, and it's really going to take more of that. It's going to have to take to a point where the funds think that it's going to go ahead and ultimately hurt the yield or just the thought that it could hurt the yield. That's what it's going to take for us to bounce this market. Is it still going to take the pressure of, of dryness in, in Chicago and hot concrete to really have a, a weather-related effect? Well, that always definitely helps a lot. And, and speaking of that, one of the items is that some of the best moisture looks like it's going to fall here in the western Corn Belt or maybe better said west of the Mississippi. And actually, there's a few areas we're seeing pop up in Indiana that are getting a little dry. Illinois is showing a little more dryness, and they're going to have a few more days here of heat before this moisture comes in. So I think as we think about condition ratings, and that's the other part we have to look at, the funds would like to see condition ratings continue to go down before they'd like to continue to buy this market and move it higher. I don't know if folks can hear it in the background, but it is raining here right now, and it it's great to hear the rain and know that these crops that are desperately needing it are getting some moisture right now. Most definitely. And a weather-related market. You know, I think what was last time you and I were on, we were talking weather-related market. Oh, it's going to be a while yet. Yeah. And it, it quickly came in, I think, with the, with the heat that we right. saw. 
And really, the whole upper Midwest has been getting that heat. Very much so. It really has. So what else are we going to have to look at uh, as we get ready to wrap up the final bell to get us through the rest of this week? Well, I think the thing that we have to really look at is we do have to take a look at what what's the weather going to happen in regard to how much moisture is going to fall out of these storms. And then I think we have to look at what's the crop condition ratings going to look like as we come into Monday. And, and we're thinking they're going to be stable to maybe slightly lower. So I, I think the weather and that's going to be the main thing. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. I encourage you folks to follow along with us. We're going to have an extended version. We've got some ARC and PLC stuff to talk about. Uh, that will be coming up online. And, of course, the Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Highbrows and all their local dealers. Just remember that these markets do cause risk and are not suitable for all investors. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.